The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily. NFL podcast. I'm Obinson. I'm your host. I'm flying solo today. We're a very short news headline pod. Um, yeah, honestly, the uh, so if anybody's got anything, anybody's watching or listening on YouTube currently and has something they would like to ask about, whether it's podcast related or otherwise, feel free to let me know and I will try and jump on it. We're going to start with Patrick Mahomes. Man, I tell you what. So Patrick Mahomes, and I don't know if we got video, Billy, or not. Um, if not, no worries. But Mahomes went up there and did his press conference on uh, today's Wednesday. Wednesday yeah, because it's Brady Quinn football show. No no BQ. He was, uh, he's, he's otherwise occupied. Um, Mahomes went up there and did his press conference. And before he went up there, Andy Reid did his and noted that there was going to be no, nobody, like no injuries. It was like, what? What do you mean no injuries? It's like Patrick Mahomes has an ankle sprain. He suffered it last week. Like, he's injured. He has to be injured. There's no way you could not have him in the injury report. And then Mahomes comes out there and he goes up to the podium and he does his press conference. No boot. Talks about it. And then proceeds. Look at this. Look at the confidence with the man. This, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. He, look, he's just, he hits this plant right here. Bam, bam. So easy, so fluidly that I think. In my, that one, I mean, Mahomes is just playing. Like, if he's out there without a walking boot on on Wednesday afternoon, he's playing in the championship game. Two, I firmly believe that this was a uh, – I don't want to say like a shot at the Bengals because I don't think they're taking a shot at him. But I do think that this was a designed and planned approach by the Chiefs to have Andy Reid go up there, no injury designation, and then you have Patrick Mahomes come out and, like, just walk like that. And, like, I mean, I know it's kind of like we're – maybe playing it up a little bit, but I don't think so. This is insane that he's walking like that. 
this is like alien stuff, man. You should not be walking like that that soon after spraining your like having suffering a high ankle sprain on uh like a Saturday night, right? Like he should be in the most pain right now of Wednesday, like several days removed. And here he is just waltzing around. Now, is it possible that after you know Mahomes? Like, what is it, the scene? I mean, it happens all the time in the movies, but, like, I think there was the aviator I watched recently with uh, Leo DiCaprio. He, like, gets like gets around the corner. He's just like, ah! Did Mahomes collapse after the door closes? I don't know. I doubt it. I do think, though, that they wanted to make a showing of this to force – he must have had an ankle-healing baked potato. Maybe so. Who knows? I can't believe we spent seven minutes talking about – whether we eat big potatoes or apples or bananas on the, but actually I can't believe it. I don't know why I said I can't believe that. Um, I, I do think though that like this is huge because it sends the message to the Bengals that that Mahomes is, if he's not a hundred percent, he is he is Patrick Mahomes, and you have to prepare for it as such, and that that just requires an additional level of planning for the Bengals because they can't go into this game assuming that Mahomes' mobility will be limited. Now, you could argue the other way around, and or we can stop showing the clip now because I'm getting like nauseous. Um, but great job getting it. Not to, not to criticize, I couldn't, I was about to like follow, I was about to like, like not be able to walk myself. Um, I just think that it, it, it forces the, you know, you could argue that like you'd rather have the Bengals not know how healthy Mahomes is. But he's going to have to do these press conferences. They're going to see him. Now you get to the point where you don't, you're not going to be distracted by that. That's not going to be a key talking point for the rest of the week. And it does force the Bengals to be more judicious in their preparation for Mahomes. Um, looking at the line, you know, we, this thing's been all over the place. It got up to as high as a Philly, excuse me, Philly, uh, a Cincy minus two and a half, I believe. And it looked like it was like dying to go to three. Now, this is the point at which, um, you know, a lot of uncertainty was floating around about Mahomes and whether he'd be able to play, you know, all the Twitter docs, myself included, were talking about, you know, oh, it's a high ankle sprain or the worst of the day, you know, the day after and two days after. I mean, I, I mean this is kind of embarrassing, but um, it's a, I'm doing solo pods or whatever. Who cares? Um, <laughs> like I sprained my ankle in a fish show. I mean, obviously, I guess. Uh, jumping up and down with you. I was wearing these crappy shoes. I was trying to wear them so they, like, I, I, I wouldn't. I wore it because I was like, oh, I don't care if these shoes get destroyed. And I'll just throw them away. Um, anyway, bad shoes. Sprained ankle. Woke up the next day. Foot is gigantically swollen. Had to go buy new shoes. Uh, went the next day. And was like in a lot of pain. And like was in a lot of pain for a while. Now, I'm obviously... You know, not not quite as athletic as Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, just missing a little bit of athleticism that Mahomes has. Um, but I, actually, I was in pretty good shape at that point in time. Um, point being is, typically speaking, after an ankle sprain, it is really tough and really painful the following day. So I think Mahomes is probably fighting through the pain in order to put on this. Uh, you know, not a, I don't want to say it's a facade. I just think it's like, hey, look, I'm full go. You need to be prepared for full blown Patrick Mahomes. Whether or not we get that remains to be seen because walking up to a press conference and walking off a lot different than running around in the pocket and being chased uh, by NFL caliber defenders. However, even with all that out there, the line has not moved back to KC being favored, which is a little surprising. I would think seeing Mahomes like that, and maybe, maybe we needed to see him in practice a little more. I think, uh, 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 Palmer, um, yeah, first name, sorry. Um, somebody from NFL media, Jeff Palmer, uh, it's, um, James Palmer. Sorry, James, my bad. Uh, James Palmer had video of Mahomes at the, uh, at practice, like stretching. And then he was sort of walk, he was sort of like walking, light jogging away. And it, he did look a little more tender than he did with that forceful showing at the press conference. So 
you know, I mean, they could have blasted him up a tour at all for, for the press conference for all we know. I'm not I was just speculating here because I've got to fill airtime talking about Mahomes. Um, I think though that the the lack of a line movement back across the board to KC indicates that maybe Vegas still a little hesitant on just how healthy Mahomes is. And look, if he can't run around, it does change things. You know, we've said it for you know, two weeks now. It's like Mahomes, he breaks your back on these third downs where he just extends the play and gets outside the pocket and makes this crazy throw or uses his legs to to run. Um, you know, I think, you know, if you're if you're interested in Kansas City, um, I don't think it's a bad, you know, bad idea to to take a teaser now if you want to take the KC teaser, because you could get you'd have to go to the seven to get him above through the you know, take the Seven point teaser to get them through the seven up to eight because you want to get that those key numbers. Um, and then, you know, the I think the obvious uh choice would be the 49ers. You don't want to tease the Eagles through zero. Um, you would tease the Niners up to nine and a half. Now, I'm sure there's some people, maybe even people who are currently listening to this podcast or producing this podcast that think that the Niners can't keep it within 10 points. I mean, I do, and I, uh, but you know, it's it's a it's a it's a reasonable concern there. Um, yeah, you know, don't want to tease those totals. So, just <laughs> thank you, Billy. Um, you know, I, I mean, I would. Yeah, I don't know if I feel comfortable with any of those. Any of those totals. I mean, you don't want to tease totals in the first place. So, I mean, I think Niners. You could wait and see if you get um, that three to pop for the Eagles. It's it's been dying to move, or it's or or they're or they're they're trying to trick somebody to think it's moving. Minus two, minus one fifteen, minus two and a half, minus one fifteen uh, for the entirety of like you know the the week so far hasn't jumped to three yet. I think if it does, the, the Niners will probably get peppered. So a decent chance that we don't actually end up seeing that three until later in the week. Um, speaking of the Eagles, we got a uh, see who wrote this. Ruben Frank. Nick Sirianni snubbed in coach of the year voting. Why was he snubbed? Because Brian Dable, Doug Peterson, and Kyle Shanahan are the three finalists for the AP award for coach of the year, which uh, I guess the AP announced on Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday morning. Um, I need to go and look and see if they announced the finalists for all the awards. I'm sure they did, uh, but it's, so they did the different format. We talked about this. Um, the, you know, this year, how I bet they're, uh, but they're not doing one. I bet mean, they're doing one every day. Oh, so annoying. So they're going to, they're, um, you know, Hertz, Jefferson, and Mahomes among AP NFL MVP finalist. Yeah. So they're, they, okay. So they announced all the finalists. Good. I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, and you know, they changed the voting format basically where, you know, so Prisco's on the, on the, you know, he, he gets a vote, right? Uh, my boy, Adam Shine gets a vote. And instead of, just voting for one person for each award, which they've done for years now, and then you just tally up the votes and one, you know, one, you know, one, uh, one, one vote is one point, right? Whoever gets the most points, you win the award. Um, now I want to see if they actually because they never told us how it was gonna how it was gonna format. I think it's pretty obvious, right? Like if you, so I believe Pete voted. Uh, you know, I'm not going to spoil Pete's vote. Let's say hypothetically, Pete voted for. Kyle Shanahan for coach of the year, a number one on his ballot. Well, Kyle Shanahan would get three points, I believe, because you only put three, you do five for the MVP, three for all the other awards. And then if you had Dable two, Dable gets two points. And then if you had Doug Peterson three, Doug Peterson gets one point. I'm assuming that's how it goes. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see if that, um, oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, here we go. We got the system. First place equals five points. Second were three and third were one. Okay, that's really interesting. So, in other words, you know, if you get those first place votes, you're still going to have a, a pretty, you know, hefty lead. Um, 
Look, did Nick Sirianni get snubbed? Hey, I mean, yeah, probably. You know, the Eagles were the best team in football for much of the season. Um, you know, I think a lot of times expectations and what you have to deal with uh, in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, you know, like the circumstances throughout the season, I don't say hardship, but like, uh, you know, like Kyle Shanahan's got Brock Purdy out there, right? And Doug Peterson, nobody really thought the Jaguars were going to be a division winner who would, you know, go win a playoff game. Um, Billy, you're a, a tremendous Eagles homer. What uh, what are your thoughts on Doug? I mean, on Nick Sirianni being uh, left out of this off this list? I mean, I think it's I know, right? <laughs> I think as bad is is for sure egregious. I mean, nobody expected this team to even win the division. Let alone be the best team in the NFC. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. I mean, I mean, some of us. I mean, okay, all right. Everybody else in the in the nation except Will Brinson thought that that the the Eagles weren't going to win. Well, I mean, the Eagles had. I mean, the Niners had a really high win total coming in. Eagles had a nine and a half or ten win total. Uh, Giants obviously did not. Jaguars obviously did not. I mean, I think, I think, I think a lot of times, and this happens. You know, this happens a lot. It's recency bias, right? Like the Eagles were so dominant for such a long stretch of the year leading up, you know, towards the end of the season. Then Hertz, you know, gets hurt and they sort of limped in because Hertz was missing and they had Minshew. And I think that probably, you know, that knocked out Hertz's MVP candidacy and it probably knocked Sirianni from the race, mainly because as that's happening, you know, you have you have Kyle Shanahan, they just rip off these wins with the rookie quarterback. You know, the Giants make the playoffs, which was a shock. And then the, you know, the Jaguars got hot down the stretch and, and won the division. So I think that's I mean, that look, that happens with the Heisman, it happens with you know the MVP, like your you know your your 2017 argument with Wentz. I mean, you know, it, like you know, it's Brady played great. You know, Brady played great down the stretch, and that was sort of it. Obviously, Wentz was hurt. I mean, it, it, recency bias is such a big deal with these awards. Where remember Mac Jones last year was yeah. minus 1,000 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jamar Chase goes for 252 against the Chiefs, and all of a sudden it flipped overnight. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I think I agree to a certain extent. I think. Jalen Hurts missing those last two games actually helped his MVP candidacy because the whole narrative before that was that this was such a great team. You could plug any quarterback into the system and they'd be successful. And then you saw Gardner Minshew go out there and he played well at times and in spurts, but it wasn't the same team and the offense wasn't as high powered as it was with Jalen Hurts. You missed that running aspect um, of Jalen Hurts in the offense, but you're 100% right with Nick Sirianni. I think if Nick Sirianni wins with Gardner Minshew, he's more he, he, he makes the finalist for being a coach of the year because you were able yeah. to get this team to win games even without your MVP candidate. I mean, just traditionally speaking, the coach of the year, like I, I, I can't remember if they came on our podcast or I went on theirs. I think it was on theirs, but Drew, Andy and Andy and Drew, who do the deep dive pod, we like did an awards thing. And it's like there is an archetype for coach of the year, and it's basically who exceeds their win total, their preseason win total the most, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, even though the Eagles won a ton of games and we're one of the probably two best teams in football, you know, like the Giants won like six more games. And, you know, so you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, it's just sort of how people lean into that award. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and Patrick Mahomes are the finalists for MVP and Offensive Player of the Year awards. Uh, Mahomes got 49 of 50 votes for the first team All Pro. So that means one person. Probably somebody from Philly, some honk from Philly, uh, <laughs> voted for Hertz for MVP, and, uh, and 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 Mahomes will be close to a unanimous MVP. Those those things almost line up, almost always line up. Uh, Burrow and Allen also finalists for that as well because you got the five slots. Um, I would guess that Jefferson is 
almost a lock for offensive player of the year. I mean, that's pretty standard. I mean, I don't know. I think this might be a situation where, like, the NFL clearly is going to snub Jalen Hurts for being the MVP, and they might give him offensive player of the year. That's what I see this falling as. I think that's why he's also a finalist for offensive player of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's – I just know like how that those voter those voters work and like they basically treat offensive player of the year as if it, like if hurts you know they do treat it where he's like okay MVP worthy quarterback who got hosed like it could be him don't get me wrong they just a lot of times they're like all right who's the best non quarterback and Jefferson was although Jefferson struggled down the stretch so I mean it, it could it could be close with the three with the three votes um, Nick Bosa Chris Jones and Michael Parsons finalists for AP defensive player of the year. that's Bosa by a landslide I think. Uh, Brock Purdy, Kenneth Walker, and Garrett Wilson are offensive rookie of the year finalists. I think I'm have like 50 tickets on offensive rookie of the years, and like none of them even made the finalists, which is just swell. <laughs> um, I think we did that on the on the picks pod the, uh, a few times. This uh, not uh, yeah um, yeah the picks pod to see like we looked at that earlier in the season, and I feel like none of the picks that we said earlier yeah didn't, didn't, didn't go so hot. Hey, look, uh, Garrett Wilson paid me off pretty good, though, with the uh, leading all rookies in receiving yards. Uh, his counterpart on the other side of the ball, Sauce Gardner, along with Aiden Hutchinson and Seahawks cornerback Tariq Woolen, finalist for AP Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think Sauce is a stone-cold lock based on who people I've talked to. And then Saquon, CMC, and Geno, finalist for Comeback Player of the Year. That'll be an interesting one. I I don't know, man. That's another snub. Saquon or a toss-up in that one, I think. I mean, yeah, I... I don't disagree with that, but I also feel like I mean Brandon Graham, eleven sacks off of a uh, torn right, Achilles. Yeah, no, like, uh, I mean, no, I'm just being honest. I've had a torn Achilles. I know the process of coming back from that. Like, it's a rough thing. It's one of the hardest injuries to come back from, and for him to come back and have a career year and have eleven sacks is nuts. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I'm not disagreeing with it. It was just like the two dudes who were kind of the favorites coming in to the year. Um, played great football, especially down the stretch. I think they're running backs, and it's like easy. You know, it's like CMC. People love CMC and Saquon. So, like, I don't – it was just one, like – I thought, I it thought CMC had an okay year. I mean, I get it. Like, this is probably oh, the first CMC year. was awesome once he got to San Francisco. Yeah, but once he got to – but that's my point. Once he got to San Francisco. Brandon Graham has been good all year. Sure. But I also think that they're also giving it to the two guys who, like, haven't been really healthy the past few years and – you know, they finally are, and they're running backs. They score touchdowns. So yeah, it seems I mean, he came back it. like last year from from his injury. Like he'd already come. He already like he was like coming back from a comeback or something. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't disagree with you. I mean, I, I could I could go either way on that one. Um, I don't think I have any tickets on the on the comeback. Uh, as far I mean, yeah, I'm not, I don't really have a huge beef with any of these. Uh, I, I, the Sirianni thing I could get. I just think I I'm pretty sure like the voters had like settled on Brian Dable at that point. So yeah, I mean uh, I'm not I mean I'm not that mad. It's just yeah. kind of a thing like I mean to not have him in there and be a. I think it's I think it's good motivation for him. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I mean if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm glad that he's not on there because you know he's pissed about it. Like, oh yeah, are you kidding me? Like what? Like, I mean, we what? saw we saw how he feels about coaches uh, in that Colts game. So yeah, but he's like he's like he's like he's like you serious? Like what do I have to do to get like like I'm not even a, the third place guy? He's like I just led the Eagles <laughs> to the one seed. Jalen Hurts is like unbelievable. You know, it's like do you you know what you know what, you know what made Jalen Hurts great? Coaching pal. Like it's like hello. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is great anyway. But um, uh, Debo Samuel and TMC did. Uh, and Elijah Mitchell did not practice on Wednesday. Don't think that's a huge deal ahead of uh, their matchup against Philadelphia. I think they'll play. That's probably just some rest. You can't have anything silly happen on a on a uh, on a on a uh, on a Wednesday. Charles Aminahue is going to be available to play per Kyle Shanahan, uh, who said that they trust the legal process to play out. Which 
look, if you want to, you know, let's let's plop plop that in the old NFL translator. We're not going to lose one of our like our pass rushing depth for the NFC Championship game unless there's like a charge foul. I mean, that's the bottom line. And I'm not I'm not I'm not passing judgment on the situation whatsoever because I'm just saying that's like if the, I mean maybe it's a little different if it's week 14 in the regular season. I'm just that's what I'm saying. Maybe he doesn't play. Yeah. Um, just, just, just worth noting. Not a ton of news at all with these coaches, man. This is the slow. This is so weird. I've never seen anything like this. Um, and uh, am I missing anything for the news? Pretty slow. Uh, pretty slow. AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts not on the Eagles uh, injury report. So that's uh, that's pretty good. Oh, uh, Brandon Bean said something weird about. He's like, I hope, he's like, I hope it don't suck bad enough to get Jamar Chase. It's like, uh. Yeah, how do you feel about that? I mean, like, I, 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 I know you, what he's saying. It's kind of like, but I'm just saying, how do you feel about teams like being bad to in order to be good? Like, I mean, it works for some teams. Like, I would say, I mean, I just, I just, I mean, like, I get what he's saying. He's like, I don't want, I don't want this team to stink bad enough. He was trying to compliment Jamar Chase, but it's like, oh no, man, like, yeah. Trader, it, I mean, it sounded like a backhanded compliment, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it did. It really did. Yeah, it was like it was like, well, the Bengals sucked for so long. They got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. We had to, you know, we were good. We said it, you know, it's like they'll suck for a while too, buddy. Like you know, exactly, exactly. Before you got Josh Allen, you sucked. Yeah. Now they built. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a little. Um, and Tom Brady owned you for those years as well. <laughs> so yeah, that's right. Um, Pro Football Talk. Mike Florio reported. This is like a minute. It's weird hours, man. That guy's not job. Um, some believe that the Broncos could go first in terms of hiring as soon as Wednesday. They're very impressed. I'm reading Florio's uh, article here, obviously. They were very impressed before 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans, who can't be hired by anyone until his team's current season ends. Former Stanford coach David Shaw has emerged as a very viable candidate. And Sean Payton, of course, looms. Now, there was a report, too, from FS1, I believe, that Sean Payton that the Broncos want Sean Payton and that Russell Wilson wants Sean Payton, but Sean Payton has to decide. Now, again, we like to be open and transparent here without guessing sources. I would point out that Sean Payton works for Fox, which owns Fox sports one. And that Sean Payton was recently on Fox sports one doing interviews where he, and it was a really good interview. Great interview with coward. My point being is that if Sean Payton was still trying to leverage the Broncos job and of forcing somebody's hand, whether it's the Cowboys or the Chargers, probably just the Chargers. This is kind of what you would put out there, right? Yeah, for sure. A thousand percent. And it is weird. He's like, Sean Payton's going to decide. It's like, okay. Um, I, I still think he's going to go back to, I think he's going to stick in TV for a year and try to write out uh, the uh, Chargers job. I don't think he trusts Russell Wilson enough like go jump in a division where he like because he really wants Herbert like everybody wants to coach Herbert but like I don't think he wants to go jump in a division with Herbert and Mahomes and maybe Tom Brady coming to town so like you can kind of get a better sense of the lay of the land uh you know if you wait another year so that that would be my guess on him uh Dan Quinn also interviewed for the job he could he could clearly take it now because their their season is over what do you think about what do you think about D'Amico Ryan's being I know I know how you how you feel about Russell Wilson and how you think he needs an offensive coach to really get his career jump started again. How do you feel like a guy like D'Amico Ryans could go in there and, and fill that position for the Broncos? Yeah, I mean, I think Wilson talked about that. I think uh, when we were sort of discussing, it's like a disciplinary defensive guy would not be a bad thing as long as they have a plan for the offense, right? Right. Um, I think, I think, I mean, I honestly think you need somebody who's either like 
I think they just need a disciplinary, like, or like a, not a disciplinary guy, but like a, somebody who's got some skins on the, can you say, somebody who's got some, uh, skin in the game. Like uh, okay, pelts on the wall. You can say that, right? Pelts, pelts. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know what you can say anymore these days. <laughs> um, like in other words, like you know, Dan Quinn's been to a Super Bowl, right? And he come in and say, hey, look, Russ, you know, we're gonna find an offensive coordinator that works well for you. And you don't like Hackett, a first-time coach, trying to do all this stuff, trying to work with Russell while trying to manage the game. I mean, that that's just too much on your plate. So I'm fine with Demico Ryan as a first-time head coach because he's defensive and he won't be like. You know, he can he can be a CEO and not have to focus on just Russ and try to do all that other stuff. I mean, I think D'Amico Ryan's could be the head coach, and he could bring in a guy like Frank Wright and 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 exactly. get... or you know, probably or uh, probably somebody from the like Michael Four. Yeah, yeah, somebody from that Kyle Shanahan tree would make a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean that would totally work. Um, all right, that's enough. Oh, we did twenty three minutes. Yeah, well, I really can talk, huh? Um, all right, that's it for us. Short pod. We'll be back tomorrow with picks, of course. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Feel free to tweet at Brady Quinn and say, where the hell are you, buddy? Uh, Billy, thanks for jumping on. For Billy and Brinson, see you guys. Bye. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! The time has come for drag queens to save the world. world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, new season now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.